The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today we're going to explore the practice of loving kindness, of cultivating this quality, this um, quality of kind, kindness, of caring, of connection with ourselves and with other beings. In, in our practice of cultivating metta, of, of kindness, we explore both that connection to ourselves and to all beings. This quality of kindness, it's a simple quality. It's um, you know, connection, caring. Sometimes it's the word love is used for metta, but we often have connotations for the word love that um, uh, may get in our way and the the feeling of metta is the basic feeling of metta is one of just a simple connection and simple caring and that feeling can grow to be boundless to be what does feel like um, a kind of an unconditional caring and love for for all beings so the, uh, the Buddha's instructions on loving-kindness, the way he described it in the teachings, uh, is that we should um, radiate the feeling of love in all directions. And um, that's a hard place to start, I think. And apparently the, uh, some of the people who followed from the Buddha in the years after the Buddhist time also felt like that was a hard place to start. And they offered some kind of incremental approaches for cultivating this quality of metta, beginning with exploring uh, metta to individuals, including ourselves, someone that we, um, we have a, uh, an easy connection with, someone usually we call a benefactor, someone who supported us or helped us, with friends, with people who are neutral, and then with people who are difficult. And so we, um, we pick individual people to fit into each of those categories and explore what does it mean to begin to cultivate this quality of love, this quality of caring, of connection for these individuals. And so this, the, the commentaries uh, offer some very specific practices for exploring the cultivation of loving kindness in this way. And this is the practice that I'm going to be offering today. It's, a, it's an old practice. It's an ancient practice. It may have even been around at the time of the Buddha already. Um, it's, it, it's, I, don't, I don't know that, but um, there is some, some sense that this practice of loving-kindness, this form of loving-kindness practice, was around at the time of the Buddha. So I want to just also talk a little bit about how this practice of loving-kindness fits into the larger context of our Buddhist practice. Um, the Buddha, in the Eightfold Path, in terms of talking about what supports us in moving in the direction of freedom from suffering, uh, releasing of the heart from the way it's constricted, he talked about cultivating wholesome qualities in, in wise effort. He said, cultivate wholesome qualities, maintain qualities that are wholesome. And this quality of love is understood to be 
a wholesome quality of mind. And so we can actively cultivate loving kindness. We can, we can cultivate um, loving kindness through our mindfulness practice by... Um, Actually, mindfulness practice is a practice of cultivating loving kindness because the way that we uh, bring our attention or we're encouraged to bring our attention with mindfulness is through a loving attention or an allowing attention. And that allowing is a form of care, of connection for ourselves. And so the mindfulness practice does cultivate this quality. And yet this formal practice of metta is kind of a more direct uh, approach to cultivating this quality of loving-kindness. And in a way, I think um, loving-kindness, metta, is, is um, it's one of the four qualities of... They're called the Brahma-viharas, divine abodes. Brahma means divine. Vihara means place to live. And so the, uh, the Brahma-viharas, which are love, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity are understood to be these, uh, these qualities of heart that are, they're basically, they're both cultivated as we practice and they're revealed as we practice. So that as we, as we practice um, and let go of greed, aversion, and delusion, which is our basic approach with mindfulness practice, we explore meeting greed, aversion, and delusion, and the, uh, the mind begins to let go of them. And as we explore letting go of greed, aversion, and delusion, there's, an, there's a recognition or an understanding that these four qualities are kind of the ground of our heart. So there's, there's a way in which these four qualities are, what we could say, the emotional map of the heart that is not constricted. And so as we release the constrictions, these qualities come to the fore. And, and we can also actively cultivate these qualities. So the feeling of metta, the simplicity of that feeling, is the feeling you might feel just in your mind right now. Close your eyes and think about what it might be like to see a dear friend that you haven't seen for a long time. Just the sense of delight, of connection that you, you may feel. How does it make you feel? How, what does it evoke in you to imagine that? That sense of meeting somebody you have, a dear friend you haven't seen for a while. This feeling of connection, of care, is related to the other uh, Brahma-viharas. Because if we have that feeling of connection, of caring for a friend... If our friend is struggling in any way, that quality of connection and care naturally moves us in the direction of compassion, of feeling, in a way, feeling their suffering without resistance, of feeling that kind of the the ache of the heart 
that we feel when someone is suffering, but it's not a constricted ache. It's, it's a, a feeling of wanting to support and help them to move towards less suffering, but not from aversion. And if that friend is experiencing delight or joy, then the heart that's connected to that friend can resonate with sympathetic joy or empathetic joy. So these are the first three of the Brahma Viharas. The fourth of the Brahma Viharas, equanimity, is um, the quality of mind, the balance of mind. Equanimity is balance of mind that allows us to not be constricted when our friend is suffering, that allows us to not feel constricted when our friend is feeling joy. Sometimes there's a jealousy at times when friends are having good, good fortune. It's like, why not me? And so the equanimity is what allows us to meet both the joys and the sorrows with some balance of mind. So as we cultivate this basic, the basic quality of metta, we are opening our hearts to all of these beautiful qualities. We begin to open our hearts to all of these beautiful qualities. So the formal practice itself of metta is a practice of inclining the mind or cultivating the intention towards kindness. We may not be feeling it while we're practicing. We may or may not be feeling it while we're practicing. We may get little whiffs of it at times. But the basic practice is about cultivating the the direction of the mind towards this quality. And we do this by expressing wishes of well-being towards ourselves and others. Phrases along the lines, using actually thought in our minds to incline the mind in the direction of love, of kindness, of well-wishing. And so using phrases to uh, express those wishes. May I or you, may I be happy, may I be healthy, May I be safe. May I live with ease. Four wishes that express different flavors of caring for ourselves and for others. Now, I want to do a little exercise with you right now um, to point to how this practice works. Because basically what we're doing here is we're using thought to move our, our minds in the direction of a quality of mind. So we're, we're inclining the minds in a direction by using thought, by consciously using thoughts. So it's different than our mindfulness practice in which we're often either uh, consciously letting go of thoughts or just noticing, oh, thought, thinking is happening. Here we're actually using thought. 
So it's a reflective practice. It's one of the um, reflective practices the Buddha taught. And what I want to do is this, in this little exercise is to, is to point to, for some of you, this may have an impact for some of you, but not for others. For some of you, um, how thought impacts our minds. And so just now, take a moment to um, just connect with your body. Maybe take a couple of breaths. Relax. Just open to how you are in this moment. However you are is fine. And I'm going to say some words. And what I'd like you to do is just notice how these words land for you. What happens for you as you hear these words? Struggle. Confusion. Frustration. Calm. Ease. Peace. So I'm curious, a couple of you, I'm just calling out um, what you noticed. Anything, anybody notice in particular differences between the first three words and the last three words? Anybody willing? Yeah. Uh-huh. So at first there was a feeling of sadness in the first three words and a feeling of relaxation in the second three words. Uh-huh. Anybody else? Something similar? Uh-huh. Tenseness in the first three and openness in the last three. Yes. So this, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, really, upset for the first really upset for the first three words. Pain. Felt pain for the first three words. That, so the pain went away in the last three words. Yep. So this is the power of thought. This is the power of words to impact our experience. It's amazing. I put six words into your meditation, and many of you probably experienced 
something different between those. So this points to how when we, I mean, words, language is very impactful for us. And when we understand the words, it it has an impact on us. And so this is, this is the, using this understanding is what the metta practice does. We put words into our mind. And what I encouraged you to do here was, you know, just to notice, how did it land? How did it impact you to hear those words? And what we do in the metta practice is we drop these phrases... Just right now, we'll just explore this. I'll drop the phrases into your, into your meditation. And I'll use the word I so that it's, it's your you know, thinking about it for yourself. When I say, may I be happy, think for yourself, may I be happy. And so relax. And may I be happy. Just noticing how that lands. May I be healthy. May I be safe. May I live with ease. And so some of you may have noticed a little difference, a shift as those phrases land in your system, and some of you may not have. And yet this is, this is the exploration. We're not trying to create the feeling of metta. We are exploring using this language to open our hearts to, in a different direction and seeing how it, how it lands for us. So the practice is to say these phrases in our minds and then see how does it land to have said, to have made that wish. Sometimes we may feel a little shift towards an opening or a feeling of connection with ourselves or with others. Sometimes it may have the opposite effect, actually. It can be interesting with metta because... um, One teacher that I learned the metta practice from says, this metta practice, it's like running a metta magnet over our heart. And what does a magnet do? It pulls its opposite to the surface. And so sometimes as we're we're saying these wishes, what comes out is, but I'm not happy! Something like that. Or, you did that thing! So as that happens, instead of feeling like, you know, thinking about this metamagnet analogy, it's like rather than feeling like, oh, this is a problem, it's like, oh, good. The practice is doing its job. It's pulling to the surface. It's pulling to consciousness. Basically the things that are in the way of the heart opening to these feelings. It's kind of like another good analogy is um, the washing machine putting clothes into the wash. The, uh, 
the dirty clothes are kind of like our, our system, our, our mind and body. Uh, the water is like our, our minds, our consciousness. And the soap is like the metta practice. And so we put the soap into the water and uh, put the clothes in there and the, you know, the agitation is like the saying the phrases. So you know, we're sitting there in our little metta washing machine agitating ourselves with these phrases. Agitating is probably not a good word, but you know, we're, we're kind of massaging. Let's use the word massaging. <laughs> we're massaging ourselves with these phrases. And what that does, what soap does when it's put into the water, is it, it kind of gets kneaded through the clothes, and then the soap attaches to the dirt and pulls it into the water. And so it, that's the way the metta practice work. It kind of attaches to those things that are in the way of the metta and pulls them into consciousness. And then what happens in the laundry? The water is rinsed away. So we can, it's the, we can think of the metta practice as being like this, this uh, washing machine and we're allowing these obstructions to metta to be pulled into consciousness so they can be released. The way our minds hold on to things below the level of subconsciousness, below the level of our conscious awareness, that keeps them hidden from our mind and kind of keeps them going. When they're pulled into conscious awareness, that's the, the place where they can be released. And mindfulness, so being aware, mindfulness is kind of like the releasing function of the washing machine. As we are aware of what's, what the response is, which may be at times the feeling of opening or ease or connection, maybe this constriction, as we're aware of that, it allows the... The mindfulness serves two purposes. It actually creates the conditions for the the feeling of connection and care to get stronger and the feelings of of, um, frustration or resistance, the, the things that are in the way of the metta to be released. And so what we're practicing here is using these thoughts to see how they impact us and being mindful of that impact. And so we are using mindfulness in this practice. I find it really helpful to explore it in the body because often in the body we can feel a sense of constriction or ease or openness. And so exploring, particularly in the area of the heart with the metta practice. So the basics of the practice, and we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll do a... a a little meditation, a guided meditation um, in a moment, are that we call to mind a being, either ourselves or another being, and we use these thoughts, we express these phrases of kindness to that being, towards that being, holding that being in mind, expressing those wishes towards that being, and then noticing with each phrase, how does that land? How does, it, how does it resonate? Being mindful of that. Whatever happens is okay. No right or wrong with what happens. Just noticing. Sometimes it's the, it's the opposite of metta being pulled to the surface. Sometimes it's the feeling of the connection or caring that we, that we feel. 
and feeling, keeping the attention in the area of the heart. So for um, the classic instructions on metta, invite us to begin with ourselves. And, um, and yet, the, the, the instructions also say, start where it's easiest. And so, for some reason in our culture, uh, or at least in, in many threads of our culture, um, starting with self may not be the easiest place to start. I certainly found this that trying to do metta for myself was one of the hardest places to practice. And so in this culture, we have shifted it a little bit, and we encourage us to start with what we're calling the easy being, which could be a benefactor, somebody who has supported you in your life, might be a teacher, a grandparent, a a grandchild, or even a pet. One teacher gave me the instruction, pick a being that makes you smile. And up to that point, I'd had so much difficulty with the metta practice. Even even people that I I felt a a lovely connection with, there'd be this just tightening in my heart. And when um, that teacher said to pick a being that makes you smile, my cat popped into my mind. And I thought, yeah, I can wish my cat to be happy. And... I could begin to feel that feeling of connection and caring for my cat. Even um, Bhikkhu Analio, who often teaches about this metta practice and different forms of the metta practice, he says he often begins his metta practice by thinking, he's, he's, uh, he comes from Germany, thinking about these very cute squirrels in Germany that have these little tufts in their ears, you know, tufts of fur in their ears. So he brings them to mind, and it brings that sense of caring into his mind. So start with a being that makes you smile. And so we'll start there during this first um, guided meditation. We'll start with what I'll call an easy being. So we begin by just allowing the body to be as comfortable as you can, finding a posture that feels comfortable, relaxed. And maybe having a sense of breathing through the area of the heart. Checking in how the heart is at this moment. However it is, is fine. Just kind of taking it in in this moment. How am I right now? Bringing this easy being to mind, 
this being that makes you smile. (coughs) Spending a little bit of time, again, just notice how it is in your heart to bring this being to your mind. It might be through an image, if you have access to an image of this being. It might be through a feeling of being with this being. Just imagining the being is sitting with you. Or maybe just by evoking that being's name. As we have seen, words are powerful. And so even just evoking the name can have a sense of connection to that being. And as you bring this easy being or benefactor into your mind, let yourself recollect something or some qualities that you appreciate about this being. Again, using thoughts to incline the mind towards connection. Maybe reflecting on kind things that they've done, either for you or for others, ways they are in the world, or just their being, something you just appreciate about their being. It is said that the proximate cause for loving kindness, for metta, is reflecting on the good. And for some of you too, it may support you to put your hand on your heart as we explore this practice. Sometimes we can connect more to the feeling in the area of the heart if you put your hand on your heart. And with this being in mind, beginning to express these wishes of kindness. May you be happy. I like to take my time with each phrase, recollect what the phrase means, and see how does it land again in the area of the heart? How does it feel to have made that wish? May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you live with ease. Connecting to the 
meaning of the phrases and seeing how does it land to make those wishes. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you live with ease. Continuing repeating the phrases in your mind, connecting to this being and seeing how it feels to make that wish. Again, recognizing sometimes you may not feel much of anything, that's okay. Sometimes you may feel a connection or a caring, and that's okay. Sometimes you may feel a resistance, and that's okay. taking your time, repeating these simple phrases of well-wishing. And if your mind wanders, as it inevitably will, just begin again. Relax. Connect with the being and begin again with the phrases.
If the mind loses touch with the metta practice, either by getting lost in thought or by kind of moving to a habitual form of meditation, just noticing that. And begin again. Relaxing. Connecting with your heart. Bringing your easy being to mind. And expressing these wishes of well-being and caring to this person or being. For the last few minutes of our sitting, I invite you to explore the sense of sitting with, being with this being, an image of that, if that's available, as if you're sitting together, perhaps the feeling of that or the image of that. And then explore imagining this being wishing you these phrases. 
connecting with the sense of caring coming from them. May you be happy. And how does it feel to receive that from them? May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you live with ease. Continuing exploring that for just another minute or so. (laughs) 